What we do here is go back, 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 back. Welcome, welcome to the Hustle Sold Separately, a weekly podcast dedicated to all of you amazing human beings who turn in every single week. Uh, I love you guys. I always say we're the anti-status quo crew. We do everything but the way society does it. And, um, you know, we have a lot of creatives and entrepreneurs and hustlers and innovators and CEOs and artists and producers, and makers, people who just fundamentally want to figure out what's right for their path. And uh, for any of my newer listeners, I'm so grateful that you're here at Matt Goddessman on Instagram. Yes, I answer every single reply, response, DM, text. I've done so for eight years now, nine years on all my channels. And that's how we build community. And for my newer uh, listeners, you know, my OGs will tell you, you know, we don't glamorize or glorify success here. I cannot do that for you. Nobody can define success for you. And I don't want to define success for you. At the end of the day, that's your journey and that's your responsibility. And that's you. And you want that responsibility. Right. And, you know, I, what I had found when I first started the podcast was that the external world will usually try to dictate what success looks like. And I just don't think that that's fair. Um, and that's their problem, not yours. And so I want you guys to just heavily think about what that might mean to you. And I bring on guests to talk about what are they building in real time, um, whether it's their first venture, their 50th venture, you know, their, you know, their first year in their art or their last, you know, five to 10, 20, 15, whatever years in their art, you know, what's actually happening, who are they becoming in the process? Um, and that relates us all, you know, because we're actually more connected than you realize. We're actually more, we're all in it. We're all figuring it out. And I'd rather that perspective. So really appreciate you guys tuning in. And I have another incredible guest on today. This is episode, I think we're up to episode 440, 441 at this point. Um, it's insane. And uh, Curtis King, he's a music producer, a rapper, and a, a mentor, an Uber creative. I, I, the moment I saw him in the Discover feed, I think it was maybe like five or six months back, I was like, I, I like discovering new people. That's like my, my biggest thing. Like people who are just in it and like they're creative and then they're building community and um, they're about their passion and they're multifaceted, they're multi-hyphenate. They're very like, um, they're more than one thing, which <laughs> many of you guys already know how I preach about that. And, um, you know, as I mentioned, you know, a music producer, rapper, and mentor, but to over 200,000 aspiring artists and music producers uh, through his music tutorials and mental health focused YouTube channel, Check that out, Curtis King TV. Uh, production credits are pretty legit. Uh, includes artists such as Kendrick Lamar, Absol, E40, and Merce, as well as companies like MTV, VH1, and Levi's. So he's been doing this for a minute. And uh, as a recording artist, he just recently charted number one on iTunes hip hop charts. Go check that out. That album is incredible, DIY2. Um, King's goal is uh, to provide evergreen content and value that helps creatives reach their peak levels of performance and enjoyment, which you guys know is also something um, really near and dear to my heart. Uh, we are living in a, an incredible time where, and, and he and I were just going on the tear right before this podcast, that there's never been more of a time to be able to bring your passions or your, your soul forward and actually connect it to the world in which we serve. And, um, you know, yes, there's also a lot of 
other stuff happening in and around our world, but that's, you know, there will always be, you know, multiple sides to any season, any, you know, time throughout history, but at least we are living in a time where and I always say that the future belongs to the creators and that's really where we're heading. And you're seeing a massive shift in a lot of creative people or people, you don't have to be creative. You just have to be tapping in your soul. We're kind of taking the power back and be like, you know what? I think, I'd, I think I'd like to take the accountability and try to figure it out myself, but within communities of other people who are doing it as well. And so, you know, having Curtis on, uh, I'm, I'm excited. Um, brother, thank you for being here, man. Truly, I appreciate it. Absolutely, thank you for inviting me. Yeah, you know, um, I told you beforehand, the first question is the only one that's the same. The rest is a riff. How do we get here? Because, um, you know, I, the bio will never do it justice. And this is the only time we'll talk about like the, 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 the success is the bio, right? right. <laughs> but like the journey, we're, we're still very much in it. Um, I know I asked you beforehand, like you've been doing this for a while, um, you know, and, uh, uh, but I would love for the audience to get more context. Like sure. what happened? Like, when did you start jumping in or tapping in to what you fundamentally maybe you knew what you wanted to do but you know there's a there's obviously entry points so i would love for you to just go all back right, as far as you right. want yeah such a great question um just like anybody's journey it hasn't been a straight line obviously uh, but i do feel like at least my music career my my youtube and so many of the things that i do today the mentorship is a product of one decision that i made in high school which was do I buy NBA 2K or do I buy this video game on PlayStation called Music MTV, MTV Music Generator? Uh, it was a double disc that I found in the used game section. One of my buddy and I, who were literally splitting up our Christmas money <laughs> to buy a game because he had a Dreamcast and I had a PlayStation. And we were starting to work on music and, you know, we, we were still kind of figuring out ourselves and learning if this is what we really wanted to do. But that decision, and it was not a GameStop, it was an, uh, this probably aged me, an electronic boutique. Uh, and we went there and we made the decision on the spot and ended up purchasing the game. And that decision to use what I have, because at the time you got to think, this is 2002, 2001. Producers at that time were using hardware like crazy. And if you weren't using hardware, you were looked at like you weren't serious. At that time, FL Studio was a joke to many people, which is the program that I used to make music. And in the theme of not going in that straight line, this was one of those things that would become a consistent narrative in my career in that I never, I would always go against the grain and not because I thought it was cool to go against the grain, it's because I just literally was designed to be this way. And uh, I, I see things in a way the same way I saw that video game in that I was a, you can even call it a toxic optimist. I, I didn't care how ridiculous or how illogical the decision to make beats on the PlayStation uh, would be. I just had a feeling that passion was leading me in that direction. Enthusiasm was leading me in that direction, not excitement, but enthusiasm. And uh, that literally spawned the next <laughs> 20 years of my life has been dedicated to not being on the PlayStation, but creating music and figuring out ways to not reinvent the wheel, but bring a unique perspective to the social norms in hip hop uh, to help artists and producers unleash the same power that they have within 
kicks and snares into their marketing rollouts and realize that marketing and business is an art form if you choose to view it that way. And so uh, I, that is me. That is the product of, of so much of this today is a decision to do something that literally 99% of the people in my life would not understand. You're going to get a PlayStation game to make a beat? Right. Really? And that decision is literally uh, the domino effect of <laughs> who I am today because I've kept making those decisions year by year. Well, you know, <clears throat> there was the I got into the Internet as a kid between sports and then being um, like in AOL and all that stuff, in like the mid to late 90s. Mm. And I saw where the Internet was going and I was like, oh, wow, there's a lot of things that you can use this for. But we were like the tinkerers early on. Like when you start talking about wow. 2000, 2001, two, three and how code was then, she's, you know, and so, <laughs> you know, it's funny. Like, I think of like my first startup. Oof. But like, uh, and it was a music startup, music internet startup. And, um, you know, yeah, um, there was just, we had to use, I think we come from that kind of scrappy, like the transitioning of, oh, there'll be new innovation coming out because of the internet. And that'll give way to experimenting and, and doing things differently. Because if they're not gonna let us in the game or like, you know, you have to like use expensive hardware, you have to, you know, Go this other route that also doesn't make sense anymore you're like all right well i guess we're gonna have to like figure it out in real time with all these like tools that are you know now have access to am i not going to be involved like th this this thing i call this thing i call that i love so much that's called hip-hop am i not going to be involved because i can't afford the that machinery like right. like even even myself as an artist because i started off as an artist first uh, about a year or two before i started making music as a producer and even then i was the type of person that said Okay, I can't afford this CD-ROM or this this DVD-ROM full of sound effects, but I do have a shoebox in here, and I do have sounds that I can make in this patio, my grandmother's patio in Carson, California, that I started making music out of. Um, you know, some people look at that and say, you know, that's that's uh, creativity, that's ingenuity, but it's for me a lot of it is is was driven by by desperation. Yeah, I want to be involved. I want to figure out how I can get these ideas across and so much of this is not going to happen if I'm sitting here twiddling my fingers waiting for the perfect moment of the perfect person. Yeah. You know, and it is interesting because, um, and you can try to go, I, I, I tried, I, I went to Virgin records in 2000 and I was in the A&R department. I was, they put me in the sound room. They didn't even know what to do with me. Cause I was like, <laughs> and I was like, Hey, you know, so digital is the future. I'm, I'm telling you. And they're like, sure, sure, sure. Kid. I'm like, no like let me show you i was like no no like so i put my cd in. i'm like look i just got back from spain i'm like i sent i sent this track to them you know they, they didn't yeah we would go to them and try to explain but it was and i don't blame them it was just it was just hard to transition a way that they had been operating for like 50 plus years you know and i get that um but you're right like the desperation comes in when like well they're not listening and mm. nobody's listening and at the same time like you know if i don't make it myself and with a limited budget or no budget, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. we're going to have to figure it out because I don't want to like, I can't go their route, which doesn't make sense because they're not even paying attention to the things that I think that they should be paying attention to. And, mm -hmm. you know, like we have to make it with no money. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but uh, and I think another important piece to that, and I'm, I don't want to speak for you, but I, I know in that desperation, I uh, what drove it to be desperation was the fact that I too had doubts, yeah. right? I'm still very early on in my process of 
this idea that I have that I could be a an artist or a music producer that is outside the box of what you expect when you think of that in that time period, can this actually happen? And so some of that is is uh, putting the work forward so that you can prove it to yourself as well, yeah. right? I, like, I, I would love to say that I knew this thing was going to work out. Um, and years later, I did kind of come to the conclusion that it was a matter of it wasn't a matter of if, it was a matter of when. And that changed a lot. But in the beginning, I mean, I had no idea. We, we mean, like you said, the world was changing. The internet technology was changing so quickly that um, it was hard to kind of get a pulse on it. Let's talk about that because um, the the part of the unknown, the uncertainty, and I, I wrote about that the other day. Um, we have a feeling. We don't know an outcome, but we have a feeling. And I think that that's, you know, there's a little bit of the, yeah, there's the proving it to ourselves. There's the, I, I have to follow what this, this lead is. I have to follow what this intuition is. Um, right. And, um, you know, a lot of people, I get it. I mean, you know, they're like, sometimes they say easy for you to say, or, you know, or they'll say like, oh, you know, do you ever get scared? And, and I said, you know, look, there's a lot of times you have doubts for sure. I, honestly, there are a lot of times I'm like, am I crazy? I'm like, I got it. Like you, you, but at the same time, yeah, you can see the contrast and you're like, I know I'm not crazy, but I got to wait this thing out. Like I got to play this thing out. I should say, I got to play this thing out. Um, yeah. How do you, you know, whenever you made these moves, um, what's going on internally for you? And what's the, the, the driving factor? You know, I know, I know a lot of people are like, do you run out of motivation? I'm like, absolutely. That's where the consistency keeps me going, you know, um, and yeah. new life, sometimes new creativity. So what's that been like for you? Well, I, I have to give credit to some of the dreamers and the crazy people around me yeah. who made me feel not so crazy. Uh, one of my best friends, my one of my first, like truly best friends, uh, my, my brother Keaton, he told me, he said, he was we were, we were eating like frozen burritos. He was like, you know the thing about you, or Dewan, my name is Dewan. He's like, you know the thing about you, you crazy, and you know you crazy, but you still walk around here trying to be normal. That's crazy. And he kept <laughs> eating the burrito. And it was such a, it was, I mean, when you describe it like that, it doesn't sound like it'd be that profound, but that was such a profound moment for me because I was like, you're right. I am a square trying to fit in every, everybody's idea of a circle, circle peg. Like, it just, it just, it's just not going to happen that way. And every time I'm telling you, every step of the way, even when I pursued music in the industry, I found a level of success, but there was always like this very definitive brick wall that would stop me in my tracks. And I would ask God, like, why, what is going on? Like, am I doing it wrong? That was always a thing. Maybe there's something different I can do. So I would pivot and try something else. But slowly but surely, I would be revealed not just the good side of the industry, but the ugly side of the industry in the form of people who were telling me stories that they weren't intentional to teach me about, like, don't come this way. They were just being honest about what they were going through. And I'm like, why are you showing me this so early in my, my journey? And at the time, I, I couldn't really put a put a finger to it or understand it. But as I got older, I realized same same thing that Tony Robbins says, life is happening for you and not to you. And I will live and die on that mountain because now 20 something years later, I recognize the pride that I have in being independent, the pride that I have in being local, the pride that I have in 
being able to say that, you know, um, I've I've launched a few a few startups from from Curtis King plugins for music producers to a sound design company called Slap Experts. These are things that nobody in our in in our culture in, in hip hop were telling me were possible. But I had to be one of the crazy ones because my question always to it was why not? What are we missing? Like when I did my first app for the Curtis King app for selling beats. Nobody else in my industry was doing that, but I didn't do that to have that as a, a badge of honor. I did that because I was like, yo, look where the world is going. Like, and it's crazy because I, I explain this to you, but these things are supremely obvious to those who are in the tech world. Like they're five years. Like I, I'm fighting with producers right now that are that, that don't understand the concept of click funnels and immediately thought, oh, it's a scam. It's a scam. It's a scam. And it's like some people may run scams on it, but it doesn't mean the whole entire system is that. So um that's kind of how the how, how my tug and pull has been but i've always tried to kind of keep an ear out to what other industries are doing when i learned how to do my own graphic design mm-hmm. i didn't want to study other rappers and producers who had the skill of graphic design i want to talk to the guy who's making 10 trends to look out for in 2012 uh for graphic design on photoshop like i'm looking for that information because i'm genuinely interested in that art but every single thing that I have done, and mind you, I've had teams, I've delegated these things because folks are like, you can't do it yourself. Everything has led back to me doing it again myself. And I, I realize like I have these pockets of passion that occur when I'm Curtis King, the videographer, when I'm Curtis King, the video editor, all the things that people say they hate doing in this process. I love doing that. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's just part of my personality. And as I start to expand my business and, and scale it the right way this time, I'm able to now uh, build systems that kind of bring order to the chaos yes. that brings us all together. <laughs> that's, that's what the wisdom does, right? When we move into sure. the wisdom years, we start <laughs> thinking from experience of like, let me do this differently. You know, I didn't get into uh, systems thinking until like 39, 38, 39. I'm like, I can't run like the way I used to run. And this like, is what so. I'm doing at 37, which is yeah. hilarious that you say that because uh. I, I got a buddy of mine that's uh, shout out to my brother Dorian. He's he's further up the road on that. He's giving me like the he's looking over his shoulder and saying, "Hey, bro, this systems thing." He said two things about having a system. He said one, you're gonna forever change it the rest of your life. You're gonna forever yep. like tweak it as you go along, and two. This makes it so much because I used to think that when I delegated, I was like a bad leader. And in some sorts, I mean, I guess obviously we all have our flaws. But what I didn't recognize is that that's the power of a system. You're not mad at me. We're not mad at each other. It's in clear writing what I expect. This 12 font, this particular font itself, this positioning of the font for these. For, for just, Let's just say for video editing. It's very clear what, what is being asked. If you're going against that. You're not mad at me. You're mad at the system. And so therefore we know who to blame ultimately. And you know who to blame as well. So uh, that was always my thing is that I would be so scatterbrained with all the, the responsibilities and hats I'd wear that uh, the folks that work with me would take on a little bit of that. Yeah. So now that it's back to me again, I mean, now, like you said, we're blessed with that. Uh, we're blessed with the wisdom now to do it the right way. Yeah. You know, outsourcing creativity is hard. And I, I struggled because I didn't want to lose both the, the soul that comes through it and the personal relationship that I had with audience until I realized 
systems allow us to expand our personality, allow us to expand our personalization in handling millions of people, not just, Man. you know, five, 10, 15, 20. And so I realized I was like, oh, this is a responsibility. Yeah. I'm like, got it. And then, um, and you know, just like you were saying, like with click funnels, like I would see different email sequences of different people who are just like, they throw everything against the wall and they just want the sale. And I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to do Like, I want them to feel me. And I'm like, oh, I can write my email sequences and they can actually feel me because they know it's me. Yeah. And, and yeah. so you're, so you're absolutely right about that. And, you know, and I think, um, you know, taking that, that, that time to do that. Well, first of all, it was cool that you witnessed certain things very early on. I actually would figure out later on, like what a blessing that we learn these things in our twenties and early thirties. Like when I started seeing things and I'm like, why am I, I would, same thing. I asked God, I'm like, why am I seeing this? Like, you know, and, and then I would later on learn, I'm like, oh, the responsibility of doing it differently. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always say that, that, when you've been blessed with the vision, you've been burdened with the responsibility. Oh God, that's so true. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like we, how many times have we tried to explain ourselves or explain our vision uh, to someone else? And it just sounds ridiculous. And even as right. we explain it, we're like, okay, I know I'm not making much sense, but in my yeah. head, like, <laughs> it's completely 4k. It's an 8k actually. Like it's so clear, <laughs> but then we get around other people. And then I started recognizing like, especially when I was exposed to the idea of when you share your goals and people actually get it, how damaging that can be because it spikes off the dopamine as if you accomplished it. When I started seeing that, I was like, okay, cool. So I just got to shut up put and the do, work it. In, do it. <laughs> uh, i tell you what was also helpful too. If, if I can uh, share this really quick, this is called um, uh, uh, failing forward by yeah. John C. Maxwell. Yep. And based upon that book, he talks about the steps of genius and he talks about how in the very beginning you say you want to embark on a journey. Say, I want to become a music producer and uh, people think you're stupid for, for wanting to do that. What are you going to do as a music? Like, who are you to make make beats or even rap? And then the second step is you're actually going to be dumb because you're going to make mistakes and you're very early on in your process. But after you have done it for some time, people will say, well, he's not that good, but he is knowledgeable. Right. So even family members might send some people your direction who are aspiring to to do these things. Then after that, and they say you're knowledgeable, you, all you're doing is spending more years doing this. Right. And you're actually picking up the skills and you're getting better. The next step is they'll say, well, I actually let me reverse that. It's not uh, 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 knowledgeable yet. It's hard working first and then it's knowledgeable because right. I mean, they'll look at that and say, well, he's been doing it for some time. So then the next step will be. Well, you know what? He's got to be knowledgeable. He's been sticking around it for as long as he did. Let's start sending people his direction. So after you go from stupid to hardworking to knowledgeable, they finally start to say, you know what? There's a bit of genius in what you're doing. Right. <laughs> it's so true. All of a sudden you're a genius <laughs> one day. And it's like the only thing that that the only thing that happened is that I did not give up on it. And I and I, I was open to the growing process. But when you know, like, I wish I'd have known that in my 20s, had I known that this is the normal process, your, right. your, your parents or your family not truly understanding or being able to see the vision and them, you know, pushing in another direction. Um, and then me as a parent now understanding as like, I want to look at my son, just wanting the best for him. I've been able to maneuver this so much more smoothly, but there's so many uh, internal turmoils and internal arguments and conversations that occur 
about whether or not you're doing the right thing and if you should be in school or if you should be doing this. And now at 37, I, I'm looking and I'm like, I have a household where my wife is a content creator in the next room. She's launched about two businesses in the last few years, mm. uh, doing like custom press on nails. And uh, we got a five bedroom, but we don't even use it to like show off. We use it. Every room in here has a job, has a responsibility. I got an extra living room specifically with a green screen <laughs> for doing videography. <laughs> but that's our world. And I'm right. like, I'm, I'm the embodiment of what I once thought was impossible. Mm. And if I explain to somebody else, I'm like, yeah, that's the time we're living in. But for me, that's such a big deal. So I'm just hoping that if there's somebody out there that's listening, that is at that stage that I was at and you're concerned about if you're doing it the right way, or if, you know, people are telling you to go the opposite direction, you won't know until you do some things until you move some things around and you still won't know until time has passed by. So give it some time. I, uh, the number one soft skill for speeding up the learning is humility. You know, is that, mm. that right? Like Ooh. that. Um, That's I why know. I love your Instagram post. Things <laughs> like that right there. Hey, fam, quick break from the show. Just to let you know, I'm doing a bit more writing on my weekly letter. It's called Permissionless. I talk about all things health, wealth, happiness, and personal fulfillment. As many of you may know, writing is my passion. I love connecting with all of you on that. I would love to see you go subscribe, mattgoddessman.substack.com. Subscribe if you haven't already. And also, please remember to leave a rating and review for this podcast on Apple or Spotify as it really helps spread the mission even further. And as the ratings and reviews go up, even more people can learn about what we're doing over here. And I really appreciate that. And of course, if there's someone you think that might be a good fit for coming on the show, you can always DM me on Instagram. As I always tell you guys, DM me at Matt Gosman. You can tag them in the message and I'll be able to look at them and try to connect. And I truly love you guys. I just want to say thank you as always. Please continue to support the show by connecting in all the other ways. And now let's get back to it. Well, you know, I, and I'll get, I'll get, I'll get to that. I'll get to that on on the Instagram and the writing here in a minute because something else that you brought up. Well, yeah, I'll get to that here actually very shortly. Which is, we know what we don't know, a lot, you know, and mm. like we, you fundamentally have to just jump in, and you 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 understand the vision and you understand the intuition, and there's no data to that. And I and I've realized that that that's what I think bothers. It's not that it bothers people; it's just that like no data disrupts their nervous system. I, I don't understand you're glitching uh, my matrix. Like, no, I don't get it. Like, you know, how, what are you going to do? How's it going to turn out? How's it, you know, all of the, <laughs> all of the control mechanisms of like living in the human world. And I'm like, my soul's got this. Like, what do you mean your soul's got this? You're like, my soul's got this. I'm going to have to learn. But then the humility <laughs> shuts us up and speeds everything up. Cause it's like, I'm going to go ask really smart people what to do. And even more recently, I, I got burnt out from creativity. And I remember hearing something from Dr. Dre about that. And uh, I'll get back to that in a second, but I got burnt out on my creativity, which creativity like a spouse or like anything else that's special in your life will always need mm -hmm. you to give it responsible work. You have to keep nurturing it and regrowing within the process of it being close to you. Um, because you can't, otherwise you'll, you'll, you'll move away from that, which is also, I think waters you. Right. And so, um, I, like a marriage. I never, yeah. <laughs> right. So like, you know, and I never, I never, I, I never stopped, but I was burnt out and I went over to Twitter and found like where all the writers were. 
And I was just like, and they were talking about like systems and stoicism and philosophy and art and creator and creator economy and like all this. I was like, where have you all been? <laughs> you know, I was like, yeah. I was, and, and by the way, here's the cool part. The cool part is in their world, I'm the kid, I'm the rookie, right? Like, it, and I love it until they, they started to kind of like some of them started to see like my stuff over on Instagram. They're like, oh, wait a minute, like you've been around a minute. Like some of them actually reached out because right, you know, right. they're, they're anywhere from like 20 some to like, 45, 46, whatever. They're in this like kind of like 20 to 45 range, whatever. So it's been interesting because, you know, they're, 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 they're dusting it. And um, what I liked is I started interacting with them and I'm like, what are you all doing? And they're like, well, when it comes to writing, they're like, you know, really taking the beauty of all your, of what you're passionate about and what you're obsessive about and all that stuff and distilling it down. So it's much more like it, it hits the audience so they can actually be like, oh, like it caught me. And then have the newsletter, have the podcast, have the community, have wherever it is else that the ones that want to go further in the relationship with you. And I've always known that, but they were like, they stopped kind of talking about sales funnels and started talking more about creator funnels. Create and I and I liked that. And I was like, huh? And they're like, yeah, like up here is where like you hit them hard, very succinctly. And like they started templating and mastering the craft of their writing. And mm -hmm. I said, you know what? As a creative, I'm like, that's what was missing is the discipline of mastering my my writing because I was mm -hmm. like, oh, it's a gift. Like I was kind of, it was like young Kobe before Phil Jackson got a hold of Kobe. It's yes. like, well, it's a gift. I can just do it. And then Kobe really started getting the discipline. I started putting a new discipline to it. And I'm like, like, oh, wow. I wasn't honoring my craft, not anywhere mm. near what I was capable of. And I'm like, oh, okay, like yeah. it's time to run. And even then keeping that humility of like, what do you guys do? Like, watching the plays and be like, oh, um, this template seemed to work really well. This is what, what, how the people kind of understood it. And, you know, watching the tape at night and in the morning. And I was like, oh, wow. Like we have to also nurture the very, you know, the, 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 the raw talent. You can't just be the raw talent. Like you have to actually show up like Kobe in, in that raw talent. Um, and it was cool to become a student over there on Twitter, you know, and I still am, I've been hanging out there for like five months, you know, and then, <laughs> bringing it back over to, to Instagram, like, ah, oh, this makes me feel yeah. good again on the ego. <laughs> you, know? Because yeah, over there, well, like, I, you know, what's so was so uh, it's, it's um, it gives me goosebumps almost. It's scary how in sync that which you're talking about, nurturing the craft and, and coming to the conclusion that not that you've been coasting because folks like you and I, we work, we have right. no, no issue working no matter where we're at. But I think that sometimes hard work can be for us, an excuse, um, an excuse or a mask for laziness. A hundred percent. That's right? exactly so, it. Okay. So I'm, I, I got in that space at the beginning of this year where I recognized I had been, although I'm doing so much, I'm doing the podcast, I'm doing the plugins, I'm doing this, I'm sound packs, I'm launching multiple folks on that. Um, I'm doing, you know, the, 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 the social media, the content creation, even a little bit of video editing. I recognize, but which one of them am I doing at a masterful level, even beat making, even creating music? Like I had a saying at the beginning of the year where I said I had become a jack of all trades and a master of being above average. Mm. And it's such a dangerous place because above average makes even at most average people say you're really good at what you do. So you get that reinforcement to stay in that place. Yep. Right. Instead of when you're around elite folks, they'll be like, well, that's not. So then I had to start first step aligning myself 
with people who I looked at and I'm like, yo, you're at a whole nother level when it comes to your video presentation, your lighting. And uh, a buddy of mine named Stolen Drums, another producer, actually uh, amazing producer, but uh, just as amazing at his videography. He gave me the the ropes of video uh, lighting and, and, and filters and, uh, you know, how to properly use LUTs. And so at that point, something clicked where I was like, I need to apply the same kind of discipline to my music because yes, I've done, I've had placements, I've worked with a lot of people, but I still don't feel like I have reached anywhere near my peak performance, especially as I start to learn more about the concept of flow and, and I read books from folks like Stephen Collar, who I've had on my podcast. And uh, these things are remarkable to me. And I realize the reason why they are is because they're showing me glimpses of what I could be, but they're only for these pockets of time. So now at the beginning of the year, I said, cool, my videography has to go up. My production has to go up. My risk taking has to go up. My challenges have to go. Up. Mind you, I came to this after the worst season of my business last year. When it happens, can, it happens right? Where most people will be like, all right, let's just close the doors up. Let's figure out where we need to move to, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, no, this is, this is that moment in the book. When you are the moment in somebody's public speaking, when they talk about this period that they went through, I just thought it was over with. I thought the worst of it was over with when I was in a poverty, in a more poverty type of situation. But I was like, oh no, it just gets more, it, it just, it just dresses itself, it dresses itself up more creatively now. Yep. It looks a little bit different. So at this stage now, I'm like, okay, let me really do the things that I say that I do and leave no excuses there for anything. And if the numbers don't reflect that, fine. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. You just got to be so disciplined and stay down in what you're doing that regardless of what the outside world is doing, you must clock in, Curtis. And so that's what I've been doing uh, since the beginning of this year is just clocking in, looking at the metrics, looking at the analytics, and definitely studying because I wanted to do that with YouTube too to become better at it, but not obsessing over it to where I allow it to take me off course and um, away from my discipline. So I became flexible in um, the, the tasks and all the things that you're talking about and obsessive mm. with time. Mm. And that is really, and I've been writing a lot about this lately, the discipline and consistency. You brought up so many good things in there. I was, I, I was there. I was just there exactly with you, same timing. And I, I realized from a masterful place, it was like, I have to change the approach yet again. First of all, it doesn't get easier. You get better is the, is the famous expression. It's not mine, but it doesn't get easier. You get better. So yeah, it does dress up more creatively as we get further mm -hmm. along. But I was like, where am I going? So you're right. We can do all of these things and it keeps us busy and we get the dopamine of people like, wow, you're doing all this and you got all that. But on the inside, I'm like, yeah, but I don't want to be busy. I want to be intentional. And so mm. I had to start checking myself and be like, I got to, I got to rethink discipline and consistency and processes. I'm like, I, I avoided content batching for years. I'm like, Nope. Every Sunday it gets loaded up. All 80 pieces of content are serving me all week long. I was like, and then I'm working on yes, this and putting and working on this system. And then um, this ecosystem drives this for, for revenue. Like mm -hmm. I just, and you start thinking so heavily about time and, honoring the tasks. I mean, I took it so far that I do three sprints a day. I even say inside the sprint, 
this block is only dedicated to these things. Here's yeah. the current priorities, the tasks that go with those current priorities for this week to get this done. Like I realized Kobe showed up at 3 a.m. to play, to practice. Yeah. And he went yeah. and he finished at like eight or nine at night. I'm like, uh, I was like, I, 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 <laughs> I, I understood a whole new level of discipline. I'm like, oh, that's it. That's where the, the game is. And then you have to treat everything like it's the Olympics. Mm. Can you be here? No. Can you do this? No. Can yeah. You that? No. Yeah. You got no. to be no. that way. You know, so much that are like, we'll pay you. I'm like, no, <laughs> no. Sometimes, and sometimes it, if it was it, in the, you know, if it, if it supports the the thing, whatever that I'm doing, right. part of the business is absolutely. But it's like, it's funny. It makes you, the game just makes you honest. Mm -hmm. um, I, that's why I said a long time ago, don't let the game make you bitter. Let it make you honest. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it's it's discipline and you're you're 100 right it's like you could be really really busy but until you start being like why am i doing these things what would i like the outcomes to be how do i weave it all together to work for me yeah let me use systems and wisdom to put it together mm -hmm. and you know and then uh, i was having this conversation with my trainer the other day and it was like people say like you know um so you start building everything to prepare for where you're heading people go like well how do you know where it's heading like because i'm preparing for it how do you know where you're heading? Cause I'm preparing for it. How do you know what's coming? Cause I'm preparing for it. And you get into like the loop with them. They're like, but how do you know? I'm like, I'm building for what I know is coming. Ergo, because I'm building it, it's coming. And they're like, oh. you leave it no choice. <laughs> you leave yeah. it no choice. Right? Leave it no choice. I think I think what's interesting about that, uh, there's there's a part in um the five second rule, I think by Mel Robbins, where um she talks about the study that they did uh, where they traced like five or six people at the same time, or it might've been a large group, but basically they were either contacted via a text message or a beeper or whatever it was, but they had to stop whatever they were doing and acknowledge what their mood was in that moment. Mm -hmm. And what that makes me think about is how often do we, are we coasting through? And that person that asked you that question over and over again, how often are we coasting through our lives and our minds and not recognizing that we have no accountability for how we are feeling in the moment? And the only time we care about it is when we're sitting at the worst case scenario or the end result of that compounding amount of thoughts, right? That just ultimately lead us there. It's why it's so important to, like you said, to stop yourself and say, okay, wait, wait. And I do this on a daily basis. Now my wife, she already knows. She, she used to think it was crazy, but now she understands. I'm like, what are you doing? Like I have my hands and all these different things. And I say, Curtis, what are you doing? And then I have to like account for that. I'm uh, but why uh, <laughs> that, that alone for me will get me, you know, stopping to do all these different things. Something I wanted to say about that batching thing, though, the king of content, Mr. Gary V himself obviously has had a message very consistent since I've, since I've seen him, which is about uh quantity over quality right because quality is subjective and making sure that you're you're omnipresent and doing these things i think it's really crazy or really funny that uh every year at the end of the year i take a month break just to dig into things like this and to really tap in to see how i'm feeling how i am on a spiritual and mental level but i was researching and, and, and uh, watching videos and it was so funny to see one video of his that was how to make a hundred pieces of content and why you should have all these views. But then there was another video where somebody asked him, 
what should be your responsibilities as a solopreneur without a team? And this video was so much more important than this one because the content, if you understand what your responsibilities are as a solopreneur, which is most folks who are trying to content create and do the things they do, it will help you mentally approach this the right way. And I watched that video, it had, didn't have that many views in comparison to it, but one thing he said is that if you're a solopreneur, your main concern, your, your first primary concern should be cash flow. And that's something that I'm like, in this world where it's like content, 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 you got so many people who are buying all of these devices and going in debt, trying to keep up with the way that things look. They're trying to, you know, hit up Fiverr and just, they're putting their money in all these different places, but they don't even have the very beginning foundation of, oh damn, I'm a solopreneur. And I need to make sure that I have some cash flow coming in yeah, the, the views are great. The content is, that's, that's amazing. You, you're reaching a lot of people, but so many people don't know how to close. So many people don't know how to sit in front of people and say, hey, I've been giving you value for quite some time, and I'm not going to even justify me when I say it's time <laughs> for you to show your support. You know, and I'm, I'm I, what ends up happening is they come, I'm, I'm going to say the last thing, they, they end up coming to me and I end up having to like make their message more clear to the people that they want to now buy from them. And that, that just becomes the nature of it. But I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. I, I coach y'all. This is an exciting topic for me too. Uh, everything we talk okay. about, man, is you no. Know, um, well, and, and you know, and they do come to you, and that's why you know, and you've got community where you can handle that. Um, I so both of those are very interesting. There's the content batching and having content work for you, and then there's cash flow, and they were very synonymous or excuse me, separate until mm -hmm. um, more recently. Again, when I went onto Twitter, there's a new breed of creator economists, as I like to call them. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and um, and they talk about this, Justin Welsh, Dan Coe, you know, um, and I haven't met them, but I've spoken briefly with them online, like, you know, and through the, you know, the interaction of content. And um, which is, um, what Gary V, so Gary V, he has a team and he has <laughs> cash flow that makes the team do all of the content. And I went over mm -hmm. to Twitter and I'm like, what are you all doing? And then yeah. they started showing me software, especially for the writers and the content creators. Like, uh -huh. here's how we do it. Mm -hmm. And I saw new levels of software that's affordable, $50, $30 <laughs> a month. Right. And I was like, so one, like one of them, shout out to Hype Fury, <laughs> like Hype Fury, you can pull in all of the creators from Twitter that you like. It pulls in automatically into the software, all of their, um, their content as it gets, uh, the feed gets launched. You can comment right into their, into their yes. Twitter. And yeah. so what happens when you actually engage, remember Gary saying, go comment on a hundred people. Everyone's mm -hmm. like, I don't have that time. Actually, in 20 minutes, I was able to actually do about 50 to 100 comments right wow. there inside of a platform. What is Boom. that called again? Hype Fury. I'll send you the link. Please, please, I'll send please you my it. affiliate link. <laughs> yeah, please, no, I, I, I want to say send the affiliate for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and and these are the types of things that I started finding. I was like, what are you guys doing for frequency? Yeah. And there and so here's the deal: it shares to Twitter, it shares to LinkedIn. Then on top of that, you have autoresponders. So if it hits like seven likes on a tweet for me, my likes are still trying to build it. It's like, I, I always up it, but like right now it's like, if it hits seven likes, retweet mm -hmm. it. So it, it brings it back up to the top of the feed. 
after mm -hmm. nine hours, after 24 hours, unretweet the retweet to clean it up the feed. And then an autoresponder on LinkedIn is if it hits at this point, it's like nine likes, make sure to put into the comment section. Hi guys, if um, you're interested, I also have a newsletter. I would love for you guys to subscribe. Here's the link. Wow. Boom. Automating content in an ecosphere at batching based off of the stuff we like to create. And mm -hmm. I was like, Gary, I have nothing wrong with Gary, like nothing wrong with like what, sure. Gary, Gary, what Gary says is true. And it does apply from a, oh, if you're going to have cash flow in a team over here, I was like, oh my God. Like, and I started watching Twitter and LinkedIn and it does actually also go to Instagram, but that one's just for me right now. Um, and you start, I started just seeing my engagement, my like, and then the follows and like all the stuff. And I'm like, okay, that's yeah. how like this new, like content creators basically figured out how do you use software um, in a healthy way to, you know, and for analytics to get your message out there in frequency right. um, without necessarily a team. And so that was the first thing that got me. And then they were also like, from a cash flow standpoint, you're absolutely right, which is like, your goal is you need the content to test out what the people want the most that you're serving. Mm -hmm. And then you use that to be like, hey, um, as you get into a deeper relationship, here are the other ways that I can help, whether it's a Patreon community, uh, you know, a Mighty Networks community, or like, hey, here's a, a creator um, course for you or whatever it might be, right? Because um, I'm in the middle of productizing, like doing the agency the way I was doing it, like I... I, like it's burnout. Like, and since everybody's like, how do you do this? I'm like, here, here. And then like, I like what Justin or Dan said. It's like, Hey, if, um, what a friend asks what you do for a friend for free people on Twitter are willing to pay. I'm like, Oh God, it's mm -hmm. like, you know, in a healthy way for like your, your, your productizing your knowledge and wisdom at this point, um, mm -hmm. and packaging it up in a more, much more affordable for creators. Um, because yeah, like the, the high glam, high, like profile, high influencer, high, like all that other stuff. Actually, you don't need that. And these guys are, I mean, when you start to see their numbers, you're just like, oh, that's how, because they're able to get the frequency and engagement and then provide a be of service. And I was what like, I, yeah. what I love about that is that you're reinforcing something that I wrote down in my notes a few days ago, which is before you can even think about delegation, you better find a way to somehow master automation. Yep. And I've done that even like with my, with my podcast, man, like, like, I feel so grateful to live in 2022 and do a podcast because now because of gaming culture, it led me to getting um, this Elgato stream deck, right? Because of understanding that and watching YouTubers who are using that, I can now use this stream deck to link it up with OBS. By linking it with OBS, I can link it to my DSLRs using my, uh, my cam links. And in doing so, I sat here and recognized I have more video equipment than I have actual music equipment now to show me making music. But I do that because now I can literally cut down what would usually take about yep. two hours of recording and editing and then probably another 30 minutes for rendering. I can cut that down uh, into one session because all of the scenes are linked up on the stream deck. I can click a button, change the angle instead of having to sit there and, you know, change the channel on, on, uh, I, I edit on Vegas pro, but change to another track and, you know, zoom in here, zoom in, all these things can be, be automated. And I've had to do that. Even my, my production process, I am not a traditional piano player. I'm not, my music theory is not, is not there for where, uh, you know, the, the folks who are very seasoned, but there's programs like Scalar, Ripcord, who will literally give you these presets and um, nothing's new under the sun. So they're giving you these chord progressions that you can use 
that's a part of the automation process. I just think that for my industry, so much of these concepts are very new because right. you got folks are not sharing these things. And, and I am one of the only few that is sharing it. And once again, going back to that original theme of always going against the grain, I'm doing it at a time where it's not popular, but it's going to circle back around. Yep. And a lot of times the pioneers don't get the, they don't get the, the parades and the celebrations, but they're a part of that. And that's part of their legacy of always trailblazing and, and, and leaving another opportunity. When I first got here to the internet, my goal wasn't just to make a dollar. My goal was what happens to all the producers and artists who go through this industry, they get used and abused, wrung out dry, and then they go work at UPS and they're like looking at their career in, in, in retrospect and saying, was it a failure? And I, I'm here to tell them, I, I'm like, no, you've had, you have forgotten more than somebody in their first five years will probably ever learn. You have an abundance of information to share but it's so hard for them to see it that way because they're like, it's such a young industry, hip hop, such a young industry. So I'd like to believe that um, my generation was responsible for creating at least six to seven more jobs simply by trying things, right? Just trying new shit and just seeing, look, look, this may not be a thing or it may take six or seven more years before it is a thing, but at least we have tried it. Um, I, I was, bro, I'm telling you, there was a time where content wise, I'm doing videos about desk stretches that you should do as a music producer. <laughs> I got brutal. I got I got beat up for that. Like, oh, really? Fuck. Even like even like more. Uh, uh, I say more um, producers with bigger audiences. Oh lord, they they were making fun of it, and it's like you when you're the first, you got to be ready to take the arrows. And I'm and I'm that's just who I am. I cannot if I try to if I try to fit in. It is going to be the most boring thing that you've right. ever seen. And my audience who loves and, and knows and likes and trusts what I do are going to look at me and say, that's not why I'm here. I'm here for you to do you. Yeah. Who care? Who, who cares? Who else doesn't show up? Just do it. Create the content. Um, and a big part of that, and I, I guess I don't want to hog up all, all the time on that, but a big part of that is also recognizing the difference between are you an influencer or are you a content creator? Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people don't understand that there's a difference. And when you recognize the responsibilities of both of those and what they value and what they don't value, it leaves so much peace of mind. And that's just where I'm at now and recognizing that I am a content creator. I've always been that even on the MySpace days, um, even when I first began and it wasn't a called content, uh, I've always been the type of person that creates because I'm a creative, put it out there, you just allow it to be what it is. And, you know, every every once in a while you get a surprise when you look back. I got this grainy video I did on the iPhone 6 where I'm teaching rappers how to count 16 bars. And now if you type in 16 bars on YouTube, it's one of the first videos that pop up and it's had a million views. And it was shot in the really, you know, not my best studio environment, home studio, but damn it, the information is what connected and people love the uh, the personality behind it. That is just my... My brand in time. It had legs. Time. It had time because it, it million because it's like, well, it, it's been out yeah. some of the longest, you know, there's so much, yeah. uh, there's yeah. so much you said in there um, that uh, that really resonated with me. You know, it's, it's, 
interesting. Uh, well, first of all, that the part about time, like, yeah, you, you know, when we, um, are you, I would say, are you an influencer or are you influential? And, you know, cause influential is Ooh. like, how is what you're delivering, um, you know, um, more of, you know, you're, you're of service, but you're of craft and you're of humility, but you're also of like mastery. Like there's all of these things in there, um, from doing mm -hmm. the things, um, versus trying to gain the validation in a lot of ways. And there's nothing wrong with an influencer, you know, it's just that, um, I like the idea of content creator or an influential, like through, um, doing the work in a, in a way. And then, you know, the other thing too, is it's interesting when you're bringing up about like, you know, some people be like, uh, they beat you up for that. It's like, are you mad? Cause I'm doing it. Or are you mad? Cause you didn't think of it. And what Talk I mean by it. that, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Cause it's like, cause it's like, cause like, <laughs> oh, I understand it fully, but I know you want to explain to the audience. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, like, cause <laughs> right. Cool. Cause in a lot of ways I'm like, bro, like I, if I sit behind my desk the whole time, like I'm going to like cramp up. I'm like, I'm going to be unhealthy. Like, so here's what I'm doing. Oh, and by the way, my audience asks like, hey, how do you like deal with being in front of the computer for so long? Oh, here I do the, these stretches. Here's how I do this. Like, oh, thank you for sharing. That's called a relationship. How about <laughs> a relationship. How about this? How about this? Curtis, why haven't you made content the whole last week? Oh, because I'm laying in bed with neck pains from looking at a computer that is not ergonomically <laughs> set up. <laughs> you know, so would you and, like to know any more information about how to avoid that? <laughs> and you know, and to your point, to your point about content creator, go look at some of their account. Now, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. I've seen a lot where, go look at their comments. I, so I answer every single comment. I, I oh, hope to, I plan it. to do that got up until it. about a million, you know? I mean, I, I, I realize after a while, I'm sure it could change, but like, you know, uh, my ex-business partner, a good problem. my ex-business partner, a good friend of mine, Case Kenny, you know, like he, he's on it. I mean, you, you're about like a yeah. thousand, 1500, you know, comments deep at that point. I'm like, and I, I remember, I remember we had that conversation like five, six years ago. I was like, you know, about, about responding. And he, he does it, you know, and I, and I think that it, that's, that's the, the difference right there. And, um, you know, so when you run up, yeah, content creator versus influencer, and it's like, um, you know, we're, we're, this is also, um, you know, where the, the comment I was gonna make about Dr. Dre earlier, which was, I really loved. And it was sort of like, he was saying, I love creating. He's like, did I always love business? No, I'm paraphrasing. He was like, did I always love business. Mm -hmm. No. And I brought this up on the podcast before he said, no, but if I don't manage my creativity, like a business, mm -hmm. others will take advantage of it or they'll Holy. use it or, and they have. And, you know, if I want to expand something I love so much, well, yeah. I have to kind of run it like a business. And that's where the discipline, the consistencies and like setting things up and, and, and the systems and like being like, oh, let me let me honor this so I can expand it, you know? And, um, and I yeah. love when you were also talking about delegation earlier and I was thinking about like, there's a, 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 a saying that I, I picked up like years ago, which is you can't delegate what you don't understand. So yeah, learn, learn enough, <laughs> learn enough to like, you know, to, to um, be dangerous, but then be like, I know exactly what I need you to come in and do for me. Mm -hmm. This is what I need. This, this, and this. Well, you can my do it. Like, huh? My question to you is this. How do you, how do you explain that when there's things that are unexplainable that you do? Yeah, that I, I'm still working on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still working on that. Like, Bro, I'm, in, I'm in that place now where it's like, at some point, and I haven't done it yet. I'm, I'm, I'm getting prepared for my hiatus at the end yeah. of the year. But at some point, I have to put it in very simple terms why I'm doing this. And it's like, I almost don't want to ask myself that question in the creative process because I get to a place where it's like, well, why am I doing this? 
and then it completely sidetracks the idea and the idea, but the, it sidetracks me from mm-hmm. the goal at hand, which is to stay in flow. And if I ask that question, I sit back, I say, well, you know, why am I doing this? Um, I have to write that down, but there's so many things that I'm like, just do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. my thing. That's my style. That's my brand. I don't know. It's just, <laughs> that you know, I, I had a recent podcast episode from uh, um, from Jennifer Smith who runs Scribe and okay. uh, ScribeHow.com, and it's SOP software basically. So like, actually, it'll screen record you while you're doing things. You know, there's a, there's one for the audience oh, right there. That'll, that that's one. a game changer. Oh, but you're absolutely right, and it was it was it's, it's essentially it's that it's we have to take the time in the very beginning to be like, let me just document how I do something. Let mm-hmm. me just document it. Yes, it's a different. It's a little bit more of a you know a resistancy, you know, yeah. lengthy, it can be, although you find that, you know, you can even use software to do that, but it's like, let me document how I do something specifically. So that way certain things of the process I can let go of now the creative output, like what the thing that has to come from my brain and my soul will, mm-hmm. but in, I will, you know, being able to inject it into the areas of like, this is what I do. And then, yeah, you know, back to Gary Vee's like point about, you know, once there's a certain kind of cash flow, then you can be like, okay, look, I've already documented. So just do this, this, and this. I can hire for just this, this, and this. Yeah. And now you're using it more for like just um, removing your, basically buying back more time mm-hmm. um, and, uh, you know, but not removing yourself from the delivery of the soul, right? Of like what's what needs to come out yeah. from you. And so I think there's a, that balance of lately. And again, like in these small communities and what I'm finding are, they're talking about this, like kind of solopreneurs, you know, Naval Ravikant talks a lot about this, like we're moving into really a new generation of like one to four person small businesses. And they're going to overtake. I mean, yeah, I, I get let everybody else, you know, claim whatever's happening in the, in the physical world right now of like right, right. the craziness. But like basically the, the infrastructure is shifting because of the flexibility um, and the new talent and the new stuff we're learning from YouTube and the access to people all over the world and, you know, how we want to fundamentally serve people in scale using systems only so many months of the year with using, you know, code and, and media, as he says, right. Technology leveraging it. And, uh, you know, so it's to your point from earlier, it's like, it is a really good time, but yeah, we had to, <laughs> we had to come up through all of the, <laughs> the, 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 the creation. Man, of it. It, it, yeah. I, uh, I talk about that when I talk about the, um, you know, and I hate to sound like the, the, at the, at the risk of sounding like the old guy, you know, shaking my fist at the at the kids out there, like you don't know how hard it was in my time, and uh, it, it's a real thing though, where it's like, you know, the, the access we have to all these different things, and, and I try and I try to like make sure that um, I share with them all. I love like studying all kind of different subjects. One of the subjects I love to study is uh, NLP, neuro linguistic mm-hmm. programming, and understanding the, the the power of using certain words and what it does to us on a, a subconscious level and a conscious level. And so I, I talked to him, I'm like, you don't have to do all the social medias. You get to do all the social yes. media. That's such a huge shift that if you recognize like, oh my God, I have all these different platforms that all speak a different language. And this piece of content that I made, I can squeeze a value out of it into four or five different ways and get different responses that can inevitably lead them to, you know, my, my storefront or lead them to my beats or my product. That's such a great opportunity that didn't even exist, you know, 15, 20 years ago in the same way that it does now. You get to do this. I know we get to do that. And, and, and it's a responsibility. And I think that that's where we we're, we're, we're now in it where it's like, Hey, the beauty is 
freedom. The beauty is responsibility gets you the freedom. The beauty is to get the responsibility, you need the discipline. Hence, discipline yeah. is freedom, you know? And freedom. so I, I think that's where we're at. Um, <laughs> I didn't, by the way, I didn't, I didn't realize, uh, you know, we're, uh, I could go on forever. Well, I, one of the things um, we'll get into, like I want like, what you've got going on right now and, you know, what you're really proud of uh, that's, that's taking place. And then, you know, I'll tell you this, I always tell um, guests, um, you're welcome back on any time. I would love to do a part two and actually, fairly soon if you'd like, because I actually want to continue the conversation on, like we talked about kind of the, the, the creator economy we're living in and now, you know, moving into like, Hey, let's talk about the mental uh, wellness side of that yeah, as part two, if you're open to that, like, I would love to do that here. Like, yeah. you know, in the next few weeks, if you want, you know, so know. I think that would actually be great because it's like, yes, we were ready to run a race and we are running a race and we're going to have to have a few, you know, um, uh, mental checkups along the way, or be a part of communities and things like that, that allow us to kind of run our race more, more fluidly while we're like <laughs> climbing this, these mountains. Right. So like, right. So, what, um, what do you, what do you have going on right now that you're really excited about? A few things. So one after, <clears throat> after, like I said, I've been in, been making music for almost 20 plus years and I've had albums that I've done before, and I took about a five-year hiatus from making albums as a recording artist, as an artist, um, as a rapper, and I focused solely on content creation, um, you know, nurturing my community and creating a live experience that felt like a TV show for producers. And this was all good. And then somebody came into a live stream one day, somebody that I've known for some years, he's one of my you know, there's that, that conversation about the thousand true fans. Like he is yep. the, the epitome of that. Um, my bro tone, he said in 2012, you made an album that had four faces, right? It was duplicates. One was you as an adult and the other one was you as a kid. He said, now that you're dead, what if you updated that album and made, uh, uh, one image be you as an updated you as an adult and then your son mm. and it gave me literal goosebumps and that launched me into a project for the next four months where I just started working on music and documenting every single second of the process. As much as I could fit on the SD card at one time, I was doing that every single session I made music. Um, we worked on that album and after sitting five years dormant on this, this thing that I knew I wasn't done with, um, we launched it out to the people and we offer a very unique offer in that a lot of artists nowadays in the traditional music industry because i don't see myself as that i see myself as purely independent and, and proud to be independent proud to be local uh, a lot of the industry artists will do things with their label where they'll put instead of you just buying the album they'll package it with a t-shirt or package it with this you know this this uh product i was like we live in a time where i can package my album in exchange for you pre-ordering my album on iTunes, I can give you access to whatever course that you want, whether it's a beat making course, whether it's a, a sampling course, whatever it is that I offer uh, or a plugin for free for this $5.99 pre-order. Because in exchange, I'm getting closer to a dream of mine, which is to be uh, number one on hip hop iTunes charts on iTunes. And I did this exchange and folks were like, man, just pouring into me how much value i've given them over the years and would you know that exchange led us to the number one hip-hop album on the itunes hip-hop charts um 
something that I've attempted to do two times before and only got to number four in the same some, some kind of similar exchange. But this one, we did it. I am supremely proud of it because one, it took me till I was 37 to make the best piece of music that I've ever made. When I look at folks like LeBron, I understand him from a different standpoint. Not that I feel like I'm the LeBron of making music, but I look at it and I say, he is still investing all that money into his body because he believes that it can produce at a certain level. Yep. I am now investing so much time and energy into this thing where they say 37 rapper, what are you going to rap about? Mowing the lawn? Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's just, it's a different perspective. And I said, no, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to try all the ideas that folks in the industry told me that it wouldn't work. I'm going to just take chances on it. And would you know, I made my best album at 37 years of age. And uh, I'm supremely, supremely proud of it. My son's on the cover of a number one album. Uh, he got diagnosed with moderate autism. And so just showing him as much as possible the super superpowers that he has, showing him as much as possible what's possible is uh, part of my daily duties, part of my daily responsibilities that I get to do with him. And uh, it's just a time, it's a really good time to uh, to be independent, to be alive and to do it this way. This is incredible, man. I, 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 I was I was anxious when the album before you dropped it and I was like, yeah, and then I, and I was ready for it, man. As soon as it came out, you know, I, and, and, you know, and I'm, I'm really only new to you about the like the last six, seven months, five, six, seven months. I was like, and then I heard him like, this is good. This is but I wasn't I really wasn't surprised. Um, I know because we got to we got to jump off. Where where can people find you? Uh, so at Curtis King with two S's on all social media platforms, Curtis King TV on the YouTube, CurtisKing.com will lead you to uh, all the products that I have. But no matter where you go, I'm hands on in it. Like you're probably going to end up talking to me. I'm at that stage where it. uh, it's back DIY for real, for real. So reach out to me. I'll talk to you. I would love to, uh, you know, ch- chop it up with you. Also, my patreon.com forward slash Curtis King is another environment to find me in uh, where I do uh, weekly calls. But it doesn't matter where you type in as long as you see some updated stuff I'm there. I love it, brother. Uh, I appreciate you. I love you. I love what you're doing. I love what you stand for. Uh, I'm looking forward to round two in a couple of weeks. You know, we'll we'll get that that link going just so you can, you know, get that that covered. And then, um, you know, thank you truly for sharing all this. And everybody listening, um, Curtis, it's it's just like me. You can reach out to him. Uh, C-U-R-T-I-S-S. Okay, two S's. Two S's. Thank you, Curtis. Two Thank S's, King. Um, on all. Yeah, on everything. Um, but check him out. And then, you know, uh, for any of the, the artists or, you know, the creatives, like, you know, you want to, he's got, he's got some different offerings there that can also be really helpful to you. So be sure to check him out. I'll put all the links in the show notes so everybody can find, you know, you on all the different, you know, platforms that they need to. And uh, man, uh, and everybody listening, I appreciate you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Always, you guys are incredible. From my amazing guest, Curtis King. For the household separately, for myself, Matt Gottesman, we love you. We appreciate you. We are out. Mm-hmm.